This Agile Life, episode 147, Minimal Viable Airlines. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hi, I'm Craig Buczek. I'm Jason Tice. And I'm John Sextro. Back again, episode 147 of This Agile Life. How's it going, guys? Pretty good here. Uh, just got back from vacation a few days ago and uh, two weeks vacation. That's that's a lot of vacation. It's just swell, John and Craig. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, I would like to tonight, uh, I have a topic for us to talk about. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. No, I don't. I just really want to say that. <laughs> I was like, that better be a lead in for like a conference keynote at a um, like an innovation conference. Sure. I'm, I'm every every podcast I do, Jason, is basically keynote quality. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, are, we, are we changing the name to uh, the Agile Zone? This Twilight Zone I life. Think it, it could be Agile X. It's like Ted. It's like Ted talks, oh. but it's not real Ted. It's like Ted X Agile grade uh, with a few negative stars. <laughs> well, I want. I want to. I do want to take you on a bit of a journey and and sort of uh, set the stage of an imaginary story and and see where it takes us. This maybe is a little bit like the thing Jason the other night when. We built the uh, developer experience manifesto. It might be somewhat similar to that in that I think we what we'll end up doing, I hope, is building out a list, a list of things that we're going to need. So so are we going to build another manifesto? Is that that this could be the manifesto podcast job? Maybe that's what we should do. It could be that. But, you know, I was talking to our friend Nate today, Nate Mackey, and he he shared with me that he thinks the word manifesto is a little scary. <laughs> Really well. Well, anyways. Oh, and by the way, uh, the developer, man, the developer experience manifesto. That was part one of it, John. Uh, we got part two. That's not our focus tonight, but that will be coming soon. Uh, I believe that's something you used to call a deep tease. So keep listening to this agile life. Yes, indeed, a deep tease. Okay, so here's uh, here's my theoretical situation. I have an airplane. It's fully functional, very safe to fly airplane. It's got However, this airplane has only has uh, a very basic set of things on it. Like the the first thing that the airplane has is it's got engines, it's got seats. It's operational, right? You can you can fly it. You can look out the window. It's got um the little thrusty things to control the acceleration. Thrusty airspeed. things. Is that is that a technical term? It's a very technical it's term. Called, uh, it's called the elevator. Okay. Thrusty things. I'm amused that John no. John thinks that a, a airplane that can fly with seats that has that has avionics on it is a simple machine. I, I can't wait to see where this is going. Well, I don't know that there's any avionics on it yet, so that's why I want to oh, ask you yeah. about it. Maybe it's just a little Cessna. Yeah, it just it just has a throttle, or what did I call it? The thrusty thing. <laughs> it's got a throttle. You know, it's got the. It's, it's got, got a motor. The, you can control the. It you can flies. Con- 
That's you all can it control does. the thrust. Let's leave it at that. You can it you can fly it, turn it, bank it, all the things. But okay, so that's what the airplane has. Do you have any other questions about what's on the airplane right uh, now? You said it was safe and it wasn't complex. Is it 737 Max? <laughs> okay, you got I, me there. I don't test my code, but when I do, I test it in production in the air. Okay, that's a good one. Let's talk about that testing story. Okay, go on, Josh. Yeah, it's not that. Um, so just the very, very basics. Um, you know, rudder, stick, throttle. One, one, one seat for the pilot? There's seats. I, I've I've been in a plane that had one seat for the pilot. Yeah. there's And that was it. There's plenty of seats, and there's enough seats for you and for all of our listeners. So my question to you is, before you would get on this plane and take a trip with me, what are the things that you feel like we must have on this plane to get where we're going? Testing. What is that? Uh, I'd like to make sure that it uh, is There's airworthy. Testing. No, I, but I told you, don't worry about the oh, plane flying. Okay. Uh, foc- <laughs> well, that's usually what I worry on, about most when I'm on a plane. You're focusing not on falling out of the sky, but you're looking for features. You're focusing on the wrong problem. Okay. Well, I, I think what we should do is what is the first thing that comes to mind? Because that's going to show us some different perspectives. And I think could be an interesting experiment if anyone listens to this podcast and wants to try this with their colleagues. Because yeah, this- what you what you've proposed, John, is a very good open scenario where and again, I, I just wrote mine down on a sticky note and I know you can't see it, but I, I'm going to read what I wrote. OK. Do you want me to read it? Well, hold on a second before you read it, okay. because now I think that there's a fly in the ointment of how I've explained this. Our focus for the podcast is to talk about this in terms of not worrying about the plane flying, but worrying about what we would need in order to feel safe flying this plane, navigating this plane, going from taking off on a trip through landing. As, as uh, passengers or uh, the pilot as well? Uh, we're we're going to need to pilot it. We're, and we're very capable pilots. Okay. Is this fake enough for you, Craig? Uh. Are, are there enough assumptions? That I've said I, I, here. I, well, well, I'm not. I'm not quite sure where you're it's headed. It's a great like, yeah, open right, metaphor. Exactly. Like, so, like, like, yeah, I'm not sure if like seatbelts are already included because you said it was safe, or is that something we need to add? Those are good. We've got those. All right. Wow. Okay. So, so what I wrote, you want what I wrote on my sticky note, which is the first thing that popped in my head. Well, I want to tell Craig something. Safe seatbelts don't make anything safe. They just keep the bodies in place. <laughs> honestly, uh, I'm honestly okay. Go ahead. Okay, so. Jason, what's the first thing I want to review the seatbelt comment because I had a buddy once who uh, actually he cut his head open on because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and he hit the top of the um uh of of the cabin yeah. and he and he yeah it was bad so seatbelts can help John they help a little bit. okay good about as much as a, an, a they help about as much as a framework to scale agile okay leave it at that okay Ow, so ouch yeah so what I what the first thing I wrote down is I put down a shared Understanding in agreement on where <laughs> we're going. Oh, that's great. Interesting. Des- I, my my thought was similar. My, my thought was uh, basically a navigation system. Okay. Okay, good. So let so this desti- is, well, by the way, this is like, because again, if anyone knows our personas in real life, you know, our jobs, we're, we're aligning to the, the work that we do day to day and what we're saying here, at least Craig and I are, which I think is amusing. 
So this is good. Right now we have a proposal of I need a destination where we're going. And Craig said a navigation system. Okay. So uh, well, actually, John, can I rephrase what you said? Okay. We need an agreement on where we're going so we don't have a mutiny on the plane that results in a bad outcome for everyone because somebody goes up and storms the cockpit and we all crash. Uh, so we need to agree on where we're going. Very sensitive. 11. Uh, what is it? No. 18 years after 9-11. Air marshals, whatever. So, but again, we okay. all need to agree where we're going. Agree where we're going. Okay. So Craig, uh, navigation wise, what sort of things to be a little more specific would you like to be able to tell that would help us fly the plane from this navigation aspect? Oh, I, I would really like to know where I currently am and especially how high I am, my altitude. Good. And, and, uh, uh, preferably, you know, the altitude and location of where I'm headed. So we've got the destination. You want to know, of course, Craig wants to know how high we are. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, you did it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Okay. Jeez. Weedmaps.com. Oh, oh, nice. Plug. Uh, yeah. Free plug. Hey, uh, is there C- can I get CBD on board? Okay, no, yep. right, not right now. That's that's a perk we can't afford. How high we are, where we are, right? Where we are in the world, where currently. we're going. So, what do you what do you think? Um, what correlation do you think I'm trying to make here? Ooh, this looks a lot like some metrics, John. Ooh, maybe. Uh, of course, Jason's going to read metrics in almost anything you say. So. I know, right? <laughs> or agreement on a agreement on a vision and a goal. Well, do you do you think you'd want to know? So, he, uh, as I was thinking through this, I thought because I hadn't, I haven't told you what this is really a metaphor for, though. Though you've probably figured it out, it's like, would you want to know how fast we're going? And I thought to myself, well. I don't know that I need to know precisely how fast we're going, but I'd like to know if we're going fast enough to be safe. And, you know, generally speaking, I like some idea of how long it's going to take us. I, to I get think where it, we're if going. you're on a plane and it's a, it's a, say it's a, it's a purchase, it's commercial aviation where the way commercial aviation works is it's scheduled. So it's a scheduled delivery activity. We're not, we're not worried about that. We're rich. This is our own plane. Oh, well then that, <laughs> but well, I know what you're saying. Oh, you, you have wanna... to file. Okay. I'm sorry. If you're in the U S you have to file a flight plan. Okay. Sure. You just can't go off. So will I get there on time? Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a good one too. How, and it, it it's based on like airspeed, how fast you think you're going, but just approximate. And then I thought, well, you'd, you'd want to be able to see out the window and like see where you are. So I don't know that you have to have fancy uh, navigation no, unless you're scared of equipment. heights. That freaks some people out. We're not afraid <laughs> of heights. We're, we're professional pilots. Where's the persona of a traveler? Oh, we didn't do that. So what, I, what I'm trying to get at in this long, lengthy and fun little metaphor game that I encourage others to maybe play and then extend into a discussion of what things would you want to have on your agile project when you when you when you pulled up on that yoke and rotated the nose of the airplane back hit that throttle and were wheels up and in the air what sort of things would you would you want to know about your project so you could help make sure that things went well and that you could safely go from here to there and everyone got there safely with you 
no dead bodies along the way and things were a success. So equating it to an agile project like that, guys, what sort of things would you want to have on your agile project to ha- help guide it? Uh, I, I like the idea of a destination for that as well. A project vision. Oh my goodness. Yes. What are we trying to do? A vision. Okay. That should be aspirational and inspiring. Ooh, I and like that, those two. And that vision is then supported by specific, predictable delivery milestones, sometimes called Whoa, whoa, PIs. slow down there. <laughs> Well, He's no. getting deep, Craig. He's going deep, yeah, right? Yeah, man. Well, no, no, like, no. Let's, let's, let's focus on you know, one thing at a time here. Like, <laughs> well, okay. What, so what I'm saying is I want the two dimensions of really, I want to say the work to be done or the journey, which is one, oh, I want to go on this awesome journey to a place that's warm and, and I can sit on the beach and I can, I can get, I can drink Mai Tais. Okay. I want to, that's my aspirational vision, which has a few features. So it's not perfect. Okay. You give us feedback on that. But then that aspirational vision for it to be achievable has to have actionable milestones, like real work that you can use to measure. Am I making progress towards achieving this aspiration or something thereof? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But I have a, I have a question about this. Okay. Let's say we're, we're flying in the air and uh, we're late to our destination. Like, should we like try to make the plane go faster now? Uh, well, that's huh. a great one, Craig, Good because question. there are ways if you, if you in real life, okay. And having once upon a time worked with a bunch of pilots, there are some parts of the, of the, of the aviation journey that cannot go faster. The plane, exactly. cannot, the plane cannot take off any faster. Okay. Because of yes. ground control, engine power, um, you don't want well, bad, bad crap happens, but once you, the plane, you don't want your 737 going past the speed of sound. I guarantee you. Oh, uh, that's not, that's not possible the way a 737 is designed. Now then again, if you got that, that nice, um, weird control system in the, um, in the, uh, the, what is it? The, it's the, uh, it's the lift alert in the 737 max. So yeah, don't, don't work too well. So don't try that that's why plane yeah, fly. There, there's reportedly been 1747 that broke the sound barrier but it was going mostly straight down so yeah, you don't what, really want to do that i'm trying to get to craig having way too much with the aviation here so i need to i need to chill on that no no My this apologies. is good this is well, good no. because i think there's a point here well the, so the point is guess what uh, the plane only has so much power and and i'm just gonna say characteristics of the way it's designed that it can only take off so fast okay yeah. and and most planes, uh, a great example of this, if you ever fly out of Orange County, John Wayne Airport, has anyone <laughs> ever done this? I have. Okay, so you know what they have to do, right? Because of all the expensive homes. The plane basically goes straight up, and then it levels off, and it goes real slow, real quiet, <laughs> so so all the rich people don't get disturbed by the airplanes. And then after it goes out on the water, they, they drop the hammer again. So, But what's interesting is that's probably about the most extreme commercial aviation takeoff you could experience as a, as a, you know, as a regular person. All right. Because now I, you're geeking out too much on the aviation. Let me <laughs> okay. If you, if you've traveled, like some of us have, uh, some of the consultants, you know what I'm talking about, especially uh, sh- Ben John Wayne. Short runways are also fun. Yeah. So that, that I think what you guys brought up was a good point, Craig. You said, if you were running late, would you try to go faster? And I think what, what Jason was saying and getting into was that, well, maybe, but there are, there are some there are some real world constraints that there's there's a you know there's like a minimum airspeed you can go without crashing and there's certainly from from almost all planes some sort of maximum airspeed that you can go well and what and, and specifically John on a flight there are times when the plane can be pushed to go faster and it's okay right. and there are times when it can't so and, 
takeoff and landing are controlled uh, because of eight, really because the FAA. But when you're up in the air, it's funny. There's lots of factors. Tailwinds can make the plane go faster. Um, maybe you're trying to make up time. Maybe uh, they want to get the aircraft in earlier because of connections. Uh, maybe these days, since uh, because of the oil, because of the oil scenario going on in Saudi Arabia right now, they um, they want to reduce fuel consumption, so they're not going to drop the hammer. There, so there are factors that may what's the cause the plane once it's up in the air to go faster or slower. And, and those are all. Things that could be controlled by others. There are costs associated with all those things, like more gas, more engines. So those are those are good, uh, more constraints. So understanding how fast you're going, where you're going. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, Jason. You said knowing where you're going. And then Craig said, well, what if you're running late? Can you go faster? And I think what's important to understand here is if we're not really sure where we're going, Jason, and we have a vision, right? And we're like, we have a vision, but we don't necessarily know what our waypoints are along the way. If we if we get a little lost, like we head a little too far north when we're really trying to go northeastern, but we keep going north, well, we're going to now we're going to waste some time getting back on track, right? So it's it's helpful and really important if you can stay sharply on course because then you don't waste any time having to navigate yourself back onto your course. That's true or to 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 the way I think is more relevant for agile, and actually you can apply the Kinevin framework to this, is you know where the destination is. Like you know you want to go from say the Midwest to the West Coast. You want to go to say yeah the classic story we've all told. We're all of us here are based out of St. Louis, Missouri. You're in St. Louis, and you want to get to San Francisco. So you know where you want to go. <laughs> And you, so you start going and if you at least if you have a map and you have that destination in mind, you could say, hey, are we on track? Are we going to make it to San Francisco or do we need to course correct? You know, um, but at least you you have that destination so you can make that assessment. Yeah. Does that make sense, John? And, and I don't you don't even have to tell us on at the moment we take off, Jason, that we're going to San Francisco. If you just say we're going to go to the west coast of the United States from St. Louis, Missouri, then that gives us a pretty good, you know, just, hey, point the plane west. And over time, as you figure it out where you precisely want to go, we can dial that in and make sure we're heading to the to the right right place. And maybe you maybe you make that determination by defining those those landmarks that we're going to cross over along the way. Like maybe it's more important for us to make sure we fly over the Grand Canyon than it is to make sure we get there in a, in a timely fashion. So these are things, so these are some more things to consider as you're, as we're talking about what do we need for our minimal viable project that we want to try and get off the ground. So we've got, um, you know, we've, we've, we've got, we want a vision. We want to have, uh, some some knowledge of how fast we're going and maybe how fast we can go. Where are we going? Where are we going to stop along the way? What are some other things maybe that you guys would want to have as part of a pro- your minimal viable project? Oh, I got one. Can I go? Sure. How about we talk about the traveler experience? <laughs> You're trying to weasel oh another God. manifesto in here? No, no, no. But, but well, there is a direct correlation to the... the, the uh, the developer experience manifesto, but no, I'm saying, uh, okay. Are you trying to talk about the like rules of carriage or something or the, no, I'm talking about the basics, John, in-flight Wi-Fi and beer. You don't need those. 
I need my in-flight Wi-Fi with my with some with hopefully some connectivity, some something to do, so I can be productive. And I need some I need some service. I need some as no. I mentioned. I like I said, I opened this book today and I found this uh, Southwest Airlines drink coupon that expired on December thirty first, twenty fourteen. So, oh, no. so I, need, I need some of that goodness right there. So I, I don't I don't really need either one of those though. Well, okay, but I but what I'm saying is. If you're going to be up in the plane for a while or you're going to be working on your project for a while, John, you know, wouldn't it be nice to actually kind of enjoy the experience of working with your colleagues and writing the code and doing the stuff? Or are we just all going to cram in there and be nasty with each other? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, man, I think that's the show title right there. How could it not be? I don't know. I kid you I mean, not. I could tell a story. I'm not going to say who it was, but people who have worked with us probably can guess who it was. I used to work with a guy. We were doing a project in the, out on the West Coast, and he intentionally, on the way to the airport, we would stop at a Mexican joint. He needed a huge burrito before oh, we got no. on the airplane for four hours intentionally. Oh. Oh, and that's he, terrible. And he did it to like just kind of screw with people. And I'm like, okay. I think that – I said I thought that was uncalled for, but he – he thought it was amusing. So anyways, I, I, I think your, your requirements are a nice to have. And I set them aside from the minimal viable project. Craig, what about you? What do you have? Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, my I mean, goodness. I mean, as he points out, someone's going to need a bathroom at some point. Okay. So we'll give you a bathroom. Fine. You can poop out the back of the airplane. Or oh something. no. Uh, that might just suck <laughs> me right out there. Vacuum that'll take effects. care of the, that'll take care <laughs> of both problems. Uh, what about uh, let's see? What else would you want to know? We've got uh, what do I want to know? Speed. Let's see where I am, how fast we're going. Well, airspeed and ground speed, but that's actually really hard to compute before we had GPS. Um, where we are, where we're headed. Um, uh, we've talked about you know we'd like to know when we're going to get there. Well, so yeah. I'm going to go back to this this whole experience thing. Um, uh, if we're in a modern aircraft, uh, how about how much gas we got left? Are we going to run out of gas and like fall down because of bad stuff? You know, oh, like, that's good. Eh, okay, how much gas is in the tank? A gas gauge. What What do you think that is indicative of on your project? Oh, it's a compound metric for me because it's things like <laughs> um, it's like the runway, like uh, the time factor. But then it's also to me, it has factors like uh, team morale. Like, yeah, uh, have, uh, have no, I run stop. out of gas? Wait a second. <laughs> stop, stop. You're, you're too. I think you're getting too ethereal with this. I was thinking when you said gas that you meant like a backlog of stories. No, I still see that as work to me. That's part of the roadmap and the flight plan. That's it. But I, I've. Well, I've played this metaphor many times, and, and hence I do have some bias on it. So, but it okay. could work that way, Josh. What's what do you think the gas is then? Is it the people? Is it the people? The gas in the people's tank, like their I, I energy. I think it's everything you need to keep the journey going. Like think ah. of the think of the think of the the uh, the dev team as a machine, and so all the stuff from motivation, encouragement, developer experience tools you can afford to pay your aws monthly bill to, to run your code like all that stuff you know um basically it's i'd say it's a uh, it's resources and when i don't mean people i mean like resources to fund your development yeah so i was i was sort of envisioning this again as i was thinking through this metaphor is you would need to have a way to onload some sort of fuel to take on fuel into the plane and you probably want to be able to either do like in air refueling or be able Whoa. to land and take on fuel that way. And so those are metaphors for things. I think if you were able to take on 
fuel in the air and, and your fuel was stories, that that would be something that maybe, you know, you meet up with a, like a product owner who's your, who's your uh, midair refueler and they, they transfer some fuel to you and maybe that's their co-located. And maybe if they, you know, you have to land, that's like, oh, it's scrum. And so you have to like throttle down, land the plane, do a demo. So, so John, I'm going to say, I don't, stories, I don't like that up, part of your story. Up. I don't like that. Cause what it sounds a lot like to me uh-huh. is it sounds like a, a throw it over the wall product owner model where the product owner shows up, dumps a bunch of stuff on the team. Like here's the stories. I'll see you in two weeks. Have fun. And, and isn't, isn't there collaborating with the team on a daily basis? Yeah, I think yeah. the product owner is probably more of the co-pilot or navigator or something. Thank probably you, navigator. Craig. Plus 1,000 on that uh, one. So maybe we have like a, a new advanced technology that the, the, the co-pilot, our product owner, he can like materially uh, materialize fuel right there on the plane with us. And so we don't have to, we don't have to meet up with him somewhere. But there's probably anti-patterns and good patterns. And this is a new pattern we've come up with this, come up. Come up with the fuel, materialize the fuel while you're flying. That would be great. So we've got our fuel. Are there any other things that you think you want to have on your plane, on your minimal viable project plane? I got an interesting one. I want to bring my stuff. I want to bring my luggage. I want to bring my (laughs) carry-on, jam it up in the overhead bin, and I want to bring my five big suitcases. So what's Ah. that? What is that a metaphor for? Uh, Who, Craig? What do you? What's the first thing you're thinking of? Well, you're you're bringing on extra baggage. I I think that sounds like uh, um, maybe some uh, some some technical debt. Well, I I think the way I'd see it, maybe for John's metaphor, is I want to. I want to try to do, I want to try to, you know, use the architecture, use the, um, use something that I've done, like use a pattern because I've used it before without considering if it's the best thing for the journey. I'm just going to throw it in here and bring it along and it, it could, it could start to weigh us down. Well, that's, that sounds like technical debt to me. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> okay. So we're, we're not going to let you bring your baggage then. How oh, do we- so. I like this. So, so there should be a limit. So some things we shouldn't bring on, on the plane with us. That's a good way to spin this, John. Okay. Bag. So, but some baggage might be good. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. What about the, how high are we? What do you think that's a meta? That might be a metaphor uh, for on a project. Well, hmm. in real aviation, if the plane goes too high, bad stuff happens. It's Ooh. called you, you run out of lift, you run out of air, yeah. and basically people die. So um, Same if you go too low. <laughs> Getting too low <laughs> is bad, too. <laughs> also really bad. Well, yeah, so it's almost like, you know, I like to say, are you in the zone? You know, like the if you think about a plane, a plane is designed Oops. to operate within a range. And, and so as a team, are we... Are we trending upwards to where, oh, my gosh, we're going to run out of air to lift us or run out of air to breathe? Or are we trending too low that we're going to hit the trees and crash into John's house? So. No. Look out. Yeah, I don't know what how high we how the altitude might be other than you want to know. Um, like maybe maybe it might be like the depth of your backlog. Uh, those actually could be more constraints too. 
Um, cause you do have to travel within this, uh, airspace sort of. Yeah. I was thinking depth of like depth of backlog. Cause like Jason said, you don't want to get too high. Like you said, mm. Craig, you, you don't mm-hmm. want to get too low. Right. Cause you don't want to run out yeah. of, uh, actually, of, yeah, that doesn't sound to too do. bad actually. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you have to have work to do left. Yeah. And of course, where are we in the world is, uh, where we are in terms of building, building the project, building the product, uh, over, over our, over our life through our destination. It's it's your progress basically. Yep. How do you know, um, you know, in the simplest of planes, like a, a simple non-commercial, um, general aviation plane, for the most part, you know where you are by looking out the window. Do you think that's sufficient for the plane that we're going to fly? Nope, because it might be dark. Ooh, it's dark. What are these? It's what is it? Visual flight rules and instrument flight rules. Yes. What? What would? What? What would? Why would that be tough? If, if the how would that relate to the project if it was dark? You're not sure where you are. Where you are? Yeah. So you don't have. You don't have metrics, maybe. I hate to, you know, that Jason's going to love that, right? What kind of metrics do you need? Well, I guess metrics is one of the major ways you measure your progress. You also measure your progress. How how else can you measure it? How many features have we finished? How happy is the customer? Don't forget that the best measure of progress is working software. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good so call. Like, by continuously delivering working software, that's going to show us pretty good, where pretty well, a pretty gooder, where we are with the project. So that's a good indicator of where we are in the world. Jason, what do you think about that? Are you happy with seeing well, working software as, a, as an indicator of where we are? Where we are? I think that there's this... There's an idea to me from aviation called heading, which is, again, showing the direction you're going, which I think is kind of what we're talking about here. That's one piece of it. The uh, The interesting thing about your heading in, in a boat or in a plane is that uh, the heading that you're pointing and the heading that you're going are actually a little bit different. That is correct, because you're in you're you're mm. not on the ground. <laughs> There, so. There's got to be a metaphor in there for software development as well, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, there is. Um, there's well, a whole lot of metaphors. So, so we let, let me see where we are just in terms of what we have on our plane so far. We've got vision, and this is a, our plane slash project, our minimal viable project plane. We've got a vision where we're going, how high we are, so depth of work, making sure we have enough work. Um which also is sort of the airspeed. So we've mixed our metaphors there a little bit. Maybe that's okay. Um, airspeed being how fast we're going. We don't want to go too slow. It's dangerous also to go too fast. Uh, where we are in the world, we have an ability to release software and show progress. And then we're calling our stories also our fuel. So what else, what other sorts of minimum things do we need? Or is this a pretty good list? Would you now? Would you get on this plane? Would you get on this project well, I, with me? Well, are you looking for metrics here, John? Or are you Not looking for a thing on the airplane? Because I have, I have one to throw out there. Okay, but let me ask you my my real question. My real motivation for this is, 
would you now get on this project with me and take this journey? That given that we have these things, or is there more that you want? I I would like some leadership to make sure that uh, there's someone in control of making sure we're headed in the right direction still. Okay, which, so you want a captain? I want a pilot. A captain, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, what is that? Oh, crap. Pilot Man, or captain? There's so many good picks on the show. You, you're... Yeah, your 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 tank of picks is getting filled up here. <laughs> a leader. What else? What else would you want to have? I I, well, I wonder. Well, I want I, some so, tools. I think well, so, we need so some tools. So I have a tool then. So here's my tool. <laughs> okay. If we're, especially if we're talking commercial modern aviation, how about the black box? What does that do? Uh, well, it keeps data. Well, so that if well, something really bad happens, we can perhaps figure out what went wrong and learn from it. That That is not definitely not a minimal viable thing I want on my airplane. I would rather have a plane that assumes I'm not going to crash. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 important on a you know commercial aviation. Um, I, I'm not sure we have, uh, you know, actual people doing the work here in this uh no, we and we're the people. Metaphor. We're okay. the people. You, you that's why I'm 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 trying to assess, you know, the I'm I'm ultimately trying to assess what what is the what minimum stuff should we have before we start a project ultimately. And Well, so so here's what here's hold what on a I second. Um, hold hold on a second. Okay. And and I and I think that there's probably a bunch of us on the show listening who've started a project with a lot less than what we've just listed. Hmm. Yeah, because you keep like, asking questions, John, and we keep sharing, so uh, that's okay. So, like, there's a lot of things that, like, on a on a software project, I would want to add, like, like knowledge of you know this airplane, you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, technical skills, basically, um, tools would be a good one. Um, yep. If if the plane's not, you know, if the plane can land and take off again, then that's sort of your maintenance, uh, folks. Yep. And you're, I think you're, you know, you're the pilot, you're experienced, you're, you're the person on the project, you're experienced in the project We're we're going to have some tools. We're going to have like a, you know, the rudder, the air, the, 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 the throttle, the, 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 pl- the plane itself is in, is in place. Those are the, yeah, those are the tools. Um, I think. What about the, uh, deployment? Like how what does is, that fit into this metaphor? Yeah. How does that, is that landing is that landing gear oh that sounds like a good yeah or, or i think the, I think the landing call, is deploying well or if Maybe you want to go deep it's it's the ground versus the air like the dev team is the everything that's in the plane up in the sky but for that to work it's got to eventually take off from a one way which to me is like it's lifting off from the development environment and then it's eventually going to land in production you know and i Going back to your comment about taking off uh, on short runways and landing on short runways, Craig. Uh, if you take off, a, if a big plane takes off on a long runway and tries to land on a really, really, really short runway, uh, that might not go so well. I yeah, was so- just thinking of touch and go. You know, uh, uh, jet fighters uh, pilots will do a touch and go where they, you know, they land and take off on the same runway at the same time, and that's kind of um, sort of continuous deployment they're they're working on. Yeah, they're practicing it, aren't they? They're practicing yep. and they're they're practicing their their landing. So that's real good. Touch and go 
I mean, that so that in our metaphor, we might be landing the plane, so to speak, a, very frequently because our landing is actually when we release things to production. It's when we get to a destination. So maybe we, maybe the way this works for us is that we take off, we land, we fuel up, we take off, we land, we refuel and keep repeating. Yeah, you have that. a repeatable process. Oh, and by the way, you get really good at making it predictable. Just like, uh, well, Southwest wrote the book on that one. We're going to turn the plane in 25 minutes. Yeah. So you'd, you'd really hate to be on a plane that you couldn't land, wouldn't you? Well, then some weird stuff happens. You got to burn off the gas. And, you made you know. it to the destination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not fun when you can't how many How many projects have you been on where you've made it to the destination, but landing it is harder than hell because you haven't exercised that path to production? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so, hey, John, can we go back to something? Because I, I think yeah. it's worth calling out. Um, yeah. So let's go back to the pilot. And um, I'm going to go. You're the pilot. We're the well, pilots. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say is. I think we need to add the pilot needs to operate with some of the modern cockpit protocols that have been developed because of, uh, I won't go into details because it might freak people out, but things, if you watch why planes crash, you can learn a whole lot about because once upon a time, especially in the, um, in the, in the seventies and early eighties, when there air, air travel was not as safe as it is today, planes used to be very, command and control, the pilot's in charge, the pilot calls the shots, and it doesn't matter if there's a co-pilot or others that could help, the, it's, it's the pilot's call. And um, again, things that you can watch about on why planes crash, they learned that that doesn't always work out that well. And so now they actually have protocol where the pilot may, you know, be at the stick, but he or she has to work with others so they can share and work together as a team. So do you think those are working agreements, Jason? I would call them working agreements if you want to put it into an agile metaphor. But to me, it's also as the pilot, it's the it's the mindset of the leader to say that I want to work as a team. I want to leverage my crew, you know, for the best possible outcome. You know, I may I may be in charge, but I'm not going to work in a vacuum. Good flying hygiene or working agreements. Yeah, it's working agreements. But but again, real life, they wants to get... I was trying to look them up, but I, I gave up. But if you want to nerd out, again, go watch Why Planes Crash. No, I wouldn't and, watch that. Oh, it's fascinating. I've watched it all the time. <laughs> oh, I've, watched I, it on a, I've watched it on a plane before. It's fun. I, oh, my. I love, I, love, I love reading the accounts of, uh, of aviation accidents on Wikipedia, actually. I don't do that on a plane, though. But they're fascinating in like, what they learn from them. Well, oh. again, all keen aside, and I kind of like how this has turned out. I mean, if there's something that we could take away from, uh, you know, from aviation in the software development space, uh, to the credit of aviation and the FAA, when something bad happens, they're really good at figuring out what went wrong and doing something to prevent it from happening again, you know, be it protocols, change the safety, ground an airplane, fire some drunk pilots, whatever. <laughs> Whatever they 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 take action. Think about like again. I'll ask a question. When was the last time here anyone had a um, like a project ending retro? Like to say, hey, guess what? Maybe we had a good flight. We didn't have a good flight, but we had we sat down and we 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 had a systematic process to say how could we make it better. And I think that's hit or miss in the agile space. I think we could all learn something from aviation because they they do it with rigor and discipline, especially when something goes wrong. Think about you know, think about how many times you've had 
a project make the same mistake as another project. Like, oh my God, it happens yeah. all the time. But in he's right in aviation, that almost never happens. Yeah. And, and the thing I would say, that's because, you know, to, I mean, again, because life, you know, there it's life involved. So that's good because that's important. But I get to say my favorite word. There does happen to be a little bit of effective governance in place here because if, you know, if a if a operator of an aircraft, be it personal or commercial, crashes their registered airplane anywhere, guess what? You're going through a flight debrief to figure out what went wrong. It doesn't. And so you can't sweep it under the rugs. You have to go through the process. The process has transparency in it, although people would like more, admittedly. And look at the outcome. Aviation is relatively safe. I mean, we're all sitting in our houses right now. There's planes up in the air above us. And you know what? They're not falling out of our houses because the system is working. It was uh, it was governance, Jason, that got me thinking and airline governance specifically that got me thinking about this topic. Uh, I was I was relaying to someone that, you know, the FAA has regulations for how many hours a pilot can fly consecutively. Ooh, Ooh, I love where you're going here. So that's that's an easy one because that's sustainable pace. Yep. Right. You can't you can't just say, hey, we've got to get there. So you've got to fly this plane for 18 hours straight because that'd be unsafe and people would probably die. Or you, or you have a rule and you figure out how to operate within the rule. Like you have, again, international flight. You want to fly from New York to, uh, to, to um, Beijing. Guess what? You got two crews on that plane. Or what is the longest flight in the world right now is, um, what is it, Dallas to... Um, I think it's oh, Singapore to somewhere, but I'm not yeah, it's sure. Like, it, no, I think it's Singapore to Newark. Yeah, the plane, I think right. The plane barely makes it with enough gas. That's oh. all the most. <laughs> that goes over like the North Pole, roughly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, but but the key thing is they, so I think, again, this is really cool to say, fine. You know, uh, again, John, you and I once worked in a lab, the lab we love to talk about, where there was a time where they said we were going to have to work two shifts because they, well, we were on a contract, so we couldn't legally work more than two, like eight hours a day, but they were going to have another shift come in when we were done and keep doing our development for us. I would have loved to have seen how that went, but... Okay, so I think we're almost maybe at the end of our list here. The list is, is there, getting rather long. Is there anything so. else you absolutely want to have you, on uh, this project? Uh, Wi-Fi and beer. You still I know you want there. that set aside next iteration, maybe. Uh, the last thing I'm <laughs> going to say, uh, I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, is uh, I would like to have an emergency exit. Huh. Okay. What's that a metaphor for? Uh... We know something's going wrong. Well, I know and, what they're for. And we can get... <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It's like, to me, this is like a project escalation. Uh-oh, something's going wrong. We're not going to make it. Uh, we need to abandon ship before we end up and are all dead, okay? Ooh, uh, wow, that sounds, sounds more like the emergency break on a, on a, like a subway or something. But is there something? Like, is there something? I guess since better? I've been on planes too much, I am not afraid to talk about aviation. I can't wait to. I hope we get some feedback on this episode that <laughs> I scared people. <laughs> is there something? Uh, is there something better that we could we could have on our plane than an emergency exit that we bail out of that we I, can't get out? You mean you don't want an exit strategy? Well, I would like a. I, I was thinking. I was trying to be more innovative uh, in our plane because we don't have. You know, we can invent things. 
And there are planes today that that come equipped, not not commercial planes, but there are uh, are uh, general aviation planes that have parachutes themselves. The planes have. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure yeah, I yeah. would trust that. Um, okay, uh, yeah, okay. You okay don't so apparently, trust it, but- um, that's true. We don't have any yes and on this plane since uh, John the typist is not going to add oh, the emergency no. exit. Oh, well, um, um, I just was I was thinking about the putting the 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 parachute on the plane. I I would is that the way you think that the owners maybe we don't own this plane maybe we just lease it or we rent it or something or or somebody else is paying for the plane. You think they'd be happy with us if we all survived, but the the plane and the intellectual property and the intellectual capital that goes along with it ends up in a, you know, heaping fiery Hulk. You know, if the plane crashes and I survive, I don't really care that much about the plane anymore. I know you don't. <laughs> you're you're, you're okay. all right. And of course okay. that's the most uh, important but, but thing. But the people that gave us the plane is what you're saying. What do they need? I will retract the yeah. emergency exit statement. Apparently I'm the only person who thinks about bad things here. I'm thinking about bad oh, things. Please. I said to put in uh, a parachute. Craig, did I say put a parachute on the plane? He did. Okay. I'm that's thinking, fine. I'm, I'm well, just trying I, to be, I'm trying to think outside the he's box. He's trying to steer this well, plane. So here's what I here's what I like about this metaphor is that I think sometimes on uh, agile teams or projects, I'm mean, just saying projects. They have to be agile. I think we are um, we are too optimistic to our detriment because we are at the end of the day. Yes, we may be building something new, but we're probably building it in a way or on a technology or with a platform that we know a few things about or we we know our customer or we know the partner. And I think where I've seen a lot of things go wrong is we say, oh, you know what? We're not going to be that project that has all these problems. And so, oh, hey, yeah, we don't have to worry about our risks. We're not going to write them down. We're just going to assume the best, you know, like the whole assume positive intent thing. And And again, I'm like, guess what? You go on the airplane, you see the emergency exit as a reminder that, yeah, you know what? Something might go wrong here. And so let's let's be serious about it, you know, and and guess what? There is a mechanism that if something does go wrong, we have some provisions. And I I would encourage people to think about that on your project or your whatever you're doing. Definitely. We. My, I'm back to back to you. I, I agree with I yes and that yes and the what I wanted to convey here is the ultimately is the point and then sort of wrap this up. Well, no, I got one more that has to be on has to be on okay. the list. Okay, give Which it I, to I us. think you guys would. Okay, how do you steal a plane? Does anyone know? There's two things you have to steal to steal a plane. Okay, hey. this is this sounds like um, a riddle. I don't know. What's the obvious one? The plane. the plane. Okay, what's the other one that if you don't have it, you have nothing. I don't know if planes have keys, but I'm going to say the keys. No, it's the logbook. <laughs> and so the logbook is the required documentation that must be maintained with the flight hours, the maintenance, and you have to have it. If, if you ever want to buy a plane, guess what? You cannot legally sell a plane unless it has a logbook. And believe it or not, the condition of a logbook is probably one of the biggest factors that determines the value of a, of a used plane when you buy it um, aftermarket. So my question here is: This is like saying, "Oh, it's it's like our now, it's like our now, now, change wait a minute. log." Wait a minute. <laughs> so wait a minute. If I'm going to steal a plane, I don't really care about following the law by definition, right? So I don't really need the logbook. Okay. Yeah. So again, uh, again, apparently I'm an aviation for, for, fan, and for selling and a plane, 
Okay, and I've watched a lot of fun shows here. So the show you can watch is you can watch, uh, what is it, Plane Repos. It's on, I believe, Travel mm, Channel. Yeah. And again, they got repo guys that go out to all the billionaires who can't afford to pay, who can't afford to, you know, pay for their planes because they lost all their money and they're really not billionaires, but they look like it. And these guys have to repossess planes. For them to legally repossess a plane, you got to get the logbook. So it's funny. They, what you'll see these guys do on the show is they, they'll steal the plane's easy part because it's always out on a runway. And John, they typically don't have keys. You just push the start button. Um, <laughs> but if you don't have that book, you're not successful. So the book's like it is safe in the house. So you got to go to the house and the guy's going to shoot you. So, but <laughs> I, but to close that out again, fun, fun, fun show. Watch that. That will, if you got a long flight, you can blow it watching um, a plane repost. But to me, this is like saying if you're a new person on a team, do you have like a change? Like I would say, is this source control? Like, hey, you know what? Because we all know there are teams out there that still write apps or write projects and they don't use source control. I find that amazing, but I met a few a couple of weeks ago. And then, so I know they still exist, at least a few of them. All um, right. I'll give you logbook is source control. All right. I'm fired up on that. Great. So, Thank okay, you. So we That's got a good, bloated list here. Good addition. I don't know. I think this is a pretty good list. Are, is everybody... Again, what I want to make sure of and what I want to impress upon people is think about what you have on your project as if you were getting on a plane. It's just that important that, that you have these things to successfully navigate your plane and to successfully navigate your project. So make sure you have all of these things. Uh, Jason, did we come up with a like a magic number of these that's you very have publishable. I was counting them. I was like, you gotta have 12. So, hey, put my emergency exit. Oh, you know what we need? We need the fun slide. The inflatable slide. Come on. Think <laughs> okay. about things you could do. I mean, that to me is innovation. You can jump in it. It's fun and it floats. It is. It's a flotation device, right? Yeah. The uh, emergency slide. Great. Well, I mean, we've, real we've life. I mean, I, I'll share again. I think, you know, like there's, there's, uh, you know, again, exercises you could do with your team. Um, like one of the common innovation games is your worst nightmare. And you can do that on a project to say, what is the absolute worst thing that could happen that would sink the ship? Let's talk about that. And then let's be proactive about it. Um, a funny story I'll share. We got our Agile Midwest conference coming up. We did this at a planning meeting. And I said, you know, my worst nightmare that I'm worried about is we have like over 600 people attending the conference. And we, we've assumed that maybe about half of them will come to the open space, which is the day before the conference. And my worst nightmare is, what if everyone comes to open space? Oops. Everything's going to break because, you know, we don't have enough food. We don't have chairs. So we're talking about it. And as a group planning the conference, we're deciding, should we do something about it? Or can we work with our, our venue to have some options if the worst nightmare happens? So you got to have your emergency slide. Yes. Okay, guys. Thank you for flying minimal viable airlines. You are now free to move about the cabin. This week's hottest picks. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I really like the writings and speaking that Uncle Bob Martin does. And recently I saw that he gave a keynote some at some someplace. I'm not sure what like the conference was, but it happened at CERN. And the the topic was his topic was professionalism in software development and the future of programming. It's on YouTube. I've got a link to it in our show notes. Jason, what are your picks for the show? I got way too many because when I got here, I didn't have any. And then we just had a crazy episode. So first and foremost, for those that do not know, um, we've been doing this for over seven years on This Agile Life. And Ooh. I'm amazed at 
how much things, how much innovation there's been in the podcast space. Like we used to, we used to use uh, physical recording equipment and now it's all digital and in the cloud. So, so I just want to say thank you to all the great vendors out there and people who have made products and stuff. That's kind of cool just to see, like, it's a lot easier for us to do this these days. So thank you. All right. So my next one, it was inspired by uh, the comment about you can poop out of the back of the airplane. Um, <laughs> here's an interesting one is, uh, we had an experiment in our neighborhood this week where uh, one of our neighbors hired goats to go and they brought a uh, a, fl- a herd of goats out to clear out their brush and the goats ate all the brush and did a lot of pooping. And so uh, apparently that's a franchise. So if anyone's got some brush, uh, but what's interesting, your kids will find it fascinating because it's like there's a petting zoo in your neighborhood for about a week. So wait a second, I don't go. understand this. Is it a petting zoo? No, they bring out goats. That and actually put them in an electric fence so you don't touch them and they can't get away. Okay. And they eat the brush. Oh. And um, apparently, th- again, this is a new thing here in Missouri, but I was talking to some colleagues in California. It's been the rage out in California for the last 10 years. So it's a little late to the Midwest. But so if you got some brush, again, you, I use a chainsaw or you can hire goats to go. So, um, so tonight we talked about aviation. So something I'm going to, pu- I'm going to publish and we'll put a link to an article somewhere that I'll find or write. Um, there is a, um, there is an ideation framework very, very similar to what we talked about tonight called cockpit. I learned it from Luke Homan, who wrote innovation games in December of 2014. Yes. Five years ago. Um, but what it is, believe it or not, John, that's why I really like the episode tonight. Since the inception of modern aviation by the Wright brothers, how many metrics do you think have been used to officially fly? Oh, we have wow. we have 11 things. Sorry, we have 12 things on us. What do you think? How many things do you think we have? Um, how many metrics do you need to fly a plane? I'll guess 20. Wrong. You need six. They happen to be airspeed, turn, attitude, altitude, heading, and vertical speed. And so the idea is you use those six simple metrics that can fly a plane, figure out how to run your project. So again, very metrics-focused version we talked about tonight. We'll put a link to um, some notes on it in the show notes, um, and it's a great framework. And last but certainly not least, a book you can all read, which is um, I sure job would love it because it's all about experience to me. It's by Kevin Carroll. He's a great guy. It's called The Red Rubber Ball at Work. It's a book that talks about ways to have fun at work and most importantly, why you should do it. Kevin was a great guy. He like worked for Nike for a while. So he's um he's an awesome guy. And it's all about like playing kind of like, you know, playground fun at work. So uh, we got a link to the uh, the book on the show notes. Check it out. It's a fun book, easy read. And um, if you're like me, I obviously read it on a plane in 2014 because it came with Southwest Airlines drink coupons that are expired. So check those out. <laughs> Along with uh, you, you read that book and watched Why Planes Crash at the same time maybe on a plane as I was drinking my Southwest Airlines drinks here with my drink coupons. But you know, John, I can't do that on your flight because there was no, there was no beer on the plane oh, and there's man. no, and well, hey, I, hey I, no exit, but your, I got a slide. It's your plane. Bring your own beer. Uh, the FAA, that's against going back to that governance. Uh, that is against the rules. That's not allowed. It's actually a misdemeanor. We'll see. Then. You, Even on general aviation. Uh, uh, I'm yeah, pretty you sure. cannot carry, you cannot Wait carry on. You cannot carry on your own. It has to be sealed, and it's supposed to stay sealed. So if you buy duty-free, you can't open it on the plane, but we all know what happens if you fly over the ocean. So it's a whole <laughs> other story. Okay. Good. Craig, what are your picks? 
All right. Uh, I was on vacation the past couple of weeks. Um, and so I have a couple related to that. Uh, one is a vacation from your vacation. Um, so we spent, uh, a week with my parents, uh, siblings, uh, cousin and their kids, aunts and uncles. And, uh, that was fun. But, uh, we had a little mini vacation after that. We stopped in, uh, so we were in Pensacola, uh, drove down there from St. Louis, and on the way back, we stopped in Atlanta and Nashville and had some sort of mini vacations. Um, the other thing, so you that- pl- wait a second, you planned, you planned a mini vacation. That's brilliant. At the end of your regular vacation, yes, yes, that is a great idea. Uh, it just part- sounds like a road trip to me. Well, yeah, it was. It was kind of a tour <laughs> of the Deep South. Um, uh, a lot of it was. Uh, uh, there was a concert we wanted to see in Nashville, and it just turned out to be oh face kind of it. you were now. driving some you were driving some shine up, up back to missouri uh, no, that's what no, you were doing nope, nope. he can uh, neither confirm nor deny <laughs> and since we had a couple extra days uh the uh aquarium uh, in atlanta is amazing um the other thing that was fun uh that i discovered was wave runners so you uh, drove a wave runner in the aquarium in atlanta <laughs> uh no we were considering <laughs> scuba diving which is actually a thing you can do there but uh the wow. wave runner was in uh pensacola beach um and i don't know how i'd never been one on one for 48 years and they were so much fun um two picks from um uh, the conversation today, uh, Wikipedia article on China Airlines Flight 006, uh, which is a 747 incident that they believe uh, was actually going uh, faster than the speed of sound. Uh, and then the other one is um, uh, I, I really do like reading uh articles about uh, accidents and things like that. And I couldn't find a good one about uh, airline incidents, Um, but uh, I'm going to pick the uh, nuclear and radiation accidents and incidents uh, list on Wikipedia. And it rates how, how bad they were, you know, Chernobyl, I believe is a seven. And I think Fukushima is only a six. Um, So really interesting in in the lessons they learn and how they deal with those is, is pretty cool. Craig well, had- so John, John, I hope you didn't want this to be positive tonight because Craig, Craig and I are just <laughs> we're just glutted here. It's between the planes crashing and the nuclear reactors melting down. Jeez, what a wonderful episode! That's fine. Craig, have you seen Chernobyl on from HBO? <laughs> I have not seen that yet. You have got to watch that. I have. I, I've heard it's good. Super deep tease. I'll do this after Jason does his his you know his thing. He deep teased. What was it, Jason? It was part two of the developer experience manifesto with the additional six principles. Right. We had so, six last week. We have six more. So I've got I've got a deep tease for something related to Chernobyl. I have a another metaphor I can do with you guys that is all about uh, how they did the 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 root cause analysis on on the meltdown at Chernobyl and how we should do root cause analysis on everyday problems that we run into on our projects okay guys great picks great show thanks a lot for everyone out there keep living this agile life this agile life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development join us at this forward slash community